This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. I'm talking about a subject that I always thought was kind of like, kind of taboo, kind of weird, um, kind of mystical, and like, you know, I, I don't know. Just go with me here. It, it felt like you had to have a superpower or a special gifting in order to do what I'm going to say. It felt like only the upper echelon of spiritual people and people that uh, uh, just achieve that level of, like, wokeness and enlightenment could do this. And, and what we're talking about today is that it's, it's, we're talking about hearing the voice of God. Hearing the voice of God. This, this was weird to me. Uh, and, and when I was thinking about talking about this, I, I realized that, like, when I was younger, it, it was, like, always this foreign thing. Like, anytime I would pray, even as a teenager, or I remember, like, understanding that there was God and everything, even in my childhood. And when I was younger, it was always, like, you felt like you were just kind of waiting on, on hold on the phone with somebody when you have the expectation that God's going to talk back, like, audibly all the time, right? And so I would pray, and then I wouldn't hear, like, a voice, and I'd be like, okay, this is weird. Like, I'm just going to trust that he hears something. I'm not really sure how this thing is supposed to work, but I'm doing my part. That's all I know, right? And then it kind of feels like when you talk to certain people that there's, like, this Miss Cleo level to it. Like, call me now for your free tarot card reading, right? Like, you guys don't know who Miss Cleo is? He's like, yes. Yeah, did you call him? He said, no, yeah, okay, all right. So... It was like this, like you had to go through like a, a, a certain like person, like a medium in order to like talk to, right? There's like these weird like things. I don't know if you thought about, I thought about. And so as I was preparing to talk about hearing the voice of God, uh, a situation came to my mind that's like way more practical than that. So right off top, I'm going to let you know that today what I'm trying to do is make hearing the voice of God and communicating with God and God communicating with you Way more approachable and way more practical for us because I think it really is. We just complicate it because it's God, and so we think it has to be complicated, but it doesn't. And so when I was thinking about preparing this, I thought about what happened the other day. We were at home, and uh, Olivia's outside playing with her, her little neighborhood posse. Olivia legitimately has a posse. It's like West Side Story. Like, they roam the block, and they're like, right? And, uh, I mean, she has... <laughs> She has a couple guys, or a couple, not guys, a couple boys that live across the street. There's like two or three girls that live three houses down. There's a next door neighbor girl, and they, they just roam the block. They're all on their bikes out there, and they're all on like pink sparkly bikes, except the boys. And they just roll around, and you know they mean business when you see them. And so Olivia's outside patrolling the, the block with her homies, and uh, she's jumping on the trampoline like three houses down from us, and I can hear her outside playing, and it's dinner time. And so I walk outside onto the front porch, and I do what all great parents do. I don't walk down there. I scream at the top of my lungs. And so I walked out and I was like, Olivia, come on. It felt like I was trying to like, you know, like, like I felt very like country. Come on, get in here. Come on. And I hear her and I'm thinking like the logic is that if I can hear her like regular talking, laughing voice, then she can hear my over the top, like flamboyant, screaming dad voice. Right. So I'm like, hey, Come on! And I walk inside. I'm like, she'll be in here any second now. I'm getting the table set. She doesn't show up. 
A couple minutes later, I walk back onto the porch, and this time I step down a couple steps as if that's going to project my voice or help me project my voice. And so I step off the porch, and I'm like, hey! At this point, any kid could have came because I, <laughs> I didn't even use the name. I was hey! Come on! And I was like, I know, I know you hear me. Get over here. Keeps right along playing, doing what they're doing. I'm like, oh, so I'm, she heard me. She's packing our toys up. And so I walk back inside. She doesn't show up. I walk back outside now, and now the food's getting cold, and you don't play with my food. So I walked out, and I was like, Olivia! When you do the two hands over the mouth, parents, it's going down. And so I was like, hey, Olivia, come on! And, I pa- and I'm just looking, and I'm waiting. You know, if you listen to kids talk, it's hilarious because you can, you can hear them like, talking to each other like you can't hear them. They'll be like, hold on, he'll, he'll go away if you just listen. And so I'm waiting to hear that. I'm waiting to hear that, and I don't hear it. And so I'm waiting to see her head just come be bopping around, like, the corner. Oh, sorry, Dad. And she doesn't come. So now I'm mad because i got to walk 30 yards away from my front porch. This is more than my daily walking intake. So I walk down. I go between the houses. I look over the fence, and they're all sitting there on the trampoline doing whatever they're doing, having a tea party or something. And I said, Olivia. And she goes, oh. Hi, Daddy. I said, get over here. And she came, she came over to the gate, and I said, you don't hear me calling you? Every parent has to ask th- things like a Jedi mind trick. Like you automatically put the kid in the corner. Not did you hear me calling your name. You don't hear me calling you? And, she, and here's what she really said. Ready? Take this in. She said, I heard you. I thought I heard your voice. I wrote it down. I thought I heard your voice, but then I thought it was just my imagination. (laughs) If you know Olivia, that's extra funny because she sold it. And I was like, for a minute I was like, she might have really thought that. And I was like, no, no, no. I said, you heard, you heard, hey! And you thought that was your brain, a figment of your imagination? And she said, she goes, well, it didn't, listen, it didn't sound like my voice, but I wasn't ready to be done. So I told myself it was probably my, like my, I was making it up in my brain. I thought it was my imagination. To which I said, grab your crap, get in the house, right? <laughs> and so she, we go inside, we eat, whatever. Here's the thing. That's clever, and it's cute, and it's funny for a six-year-old, but, ready? Here it is. If we're honest... When it comes to communicating with God, we do the exact same thing. You and I have our own backyard we like to hang out in, trampoline we like to jump on, games we like to play, people we like to entertain, right? And we get into this habit of thinking that God's up there and we're down here, right? And, and we never really have much crossover of communication unless we're at church. And, and people might even ask us, like, I don't know about you, I, I hope somebody's asking you this, if not, I'm going to now, but um, people would ask me, how's your prayer life? And I'd be like, yeah, that's all right, right? And, and I would always feel like I talk to God, but he don't talk back. But in reality, I think it's more along the lines of what I just described. God is, is constantly trying to communicate with us, but you and I tell ourselves, it's just, it's, that's not him, because we have something else we'd rather be doing, something else we'd rather be busy with, Right? And then maybe on the other side of it, for a while, me, when I would get around like these super spiritual people, right, 
Um, there's a term that you may or may not know. It's, it's called um, doing the most. Do you know that? Flex. They flex. Showing off. These people would be like spiritual show-offs, right? And so I'd get around them, and they would literally talk like their prayer life with God was an actual conversation. It'd be something like, well, you know, I was praying about what, what gas, like something totally, who cares? But they had such a deep interaction with Jesus. I was praying about whether to get unleaded or premium, and I was at the pump, and I said, God, illuminate the pump. And God showed me the pump, and I said, but Lord, this would be better for my engine. And then God spoke to me, then use the one that's better for your engine. And so I used the one, and then I said, God, how long is my car going to run? And then God said back to me, if you keep, right? And they would, like, talk like they had this, like, back and forth with God. And I'd be like, dog, you're like Obi-Wan Kenobi or Yoda, and I'm like the robot that doesn't speak English. Like, I'm, on a, I'm, not even, I'm not even, like, a young Padawan. I'm like, beep, boop, 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 right? Like, I don't even know how to begin entertaining that kind of relationship or communication with God. But here's, here's what I want to point out with you, for you today. What I, my agenda for you today is very, really simple. I want you to feel like hearing the voice of God and communicating with God is super practical so that you can start doing it immediately, okay? That's my agenda. Hearing the voice of God above the noise is super doable, and it's not just for the people that are the spiritual giants or the authorities or the pope or the nun or the priest or the father or the pastor or the clergy person or whatever it is. It's literally for everybody. It's for everyone. God wants to have that communication and relationship with everybody, with you, with me, with all of us. And so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to show you four areas that I think we can all pursue to better set the stage, to create the conditions, to hear God's voice through the noise of our life. We talked in Sabbath about how noisy life can be. We all got jobs. We got babies. We got diapers to change. We got food to make. We got the gym to hit up. Lord, help me, right? Like, we have a lot of things that we're doing, and that all becomes noise if we don't have God in the center of it. Amen? So I'm going to give you four things. Before that, I want to make the case to you with one verse that God wants to have that relationship with you so, and, and that communication with you regularly. And you don't need me or Sam or the Pope or whoever to, to intercede for you because Jesus already did that, right? That's what Jesus died for, if you didn't know. Jesus died to separate the barrier that was between us and God, so now you can have that with God. So it's your right to have that through Jesus. And so Here's what Revelations 3.20 says. Revelations is the, what we would call the apocalyptic book of the Bible, right? The apocalyptic literature. It's the, you know, fire raining down from the sky and the three-headed, dra- you know, the dragons and the, ah, right? And Jesus coming back on the horse and with the sword coming out of his mouth. That's terrifying. Have you ever read that? Jesus rides back. He's the rider on the white horse and his eyes are like flame. And it says he has a sword coming out of his mouth, bro. Like like a double-edged sword just coming at you from my man's jaws. And we think that that's what the book's about, but it's not. It's symbolism. And it's talking about the, the government and the kingdom of God and which kingdom we live for and fight for and all these things, right? But in that, here's the thing with scripture is when Jesus does it or says it, you can observe it to figure out more about God's nature. So from this passage, we can see God's nature and God's heart towards us. Here's Revelations 3.20. It says this. See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat 
with him and he with me. If anyone. So it paints this picture that Jesus is standing on your front doorstep and he's doing this the whole time. And anybody who hears this, feels this, nudging, pulling, knocking, inclination, unction, drive, pull, magnetism from God and just goes, hey, he will indwell, come into that. He will literally fill you with his presence and then he will eat. Funny that he lists eat. Here's why. He ate with his family. He ate with his disciples. He ate in an intimate setting. With, he will come in and have intimacy with whoever would be so inclined to just open the door to him. So God wants this for you and me. This is God's nature. He is knocking, wanting, pursuing, waiting, desiring you and I to have an ongoing, real, live, vibrant relationship with him. So let's get to it. The four ways, four, quattro ways that you can begin to discern and hear God's voice practically in your life. Ready? Here we go. Number one, it's on the screen. It will be scripture. Ba, 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 ba. Scripture. I'm going to give you my note, okay? The Bible isn't just something the pastors or ministers use to drive a point across at church. It's not something that we're just supposed to use to make you feel guilty to do what we say to do from the pulpit, even though that's how a lot of people do this. It's not that. The Bible is supposed to be used by all believers to grow and mature in your faith. If you want to hear God speak very practically, open up your Bible. You ever pick up a phone because you want to call somebody? I really need to hear from this person right now. I just got to hear your voice. Ring. Right? Your Bible is that to Jesus. I just really need a word from God today. Hallelujah. Practical. Real. Application. Here's what scripture says about that. 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17 says this. But as for you... Continue in what you have learned and firmly believe. Pay attention to the choice words there. Continue in what you have learned. Past tense. What you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you. And you know that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures. Which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture. All. A-L-L. All of it. Even the parts you don't like. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man and woman, amen, hey, woman of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. I want to point this out to you real quick. The past tense here. Continue in what you have learned and what you have already learned. Continue in what you've already known from infancy about the sacred scripture. So, we kind of have this tendency once we've been in church long enough to where, like, we, even if we've grown up in church, or even if we haven't, we, we hear, like, John 3.16 and, right, Steph Curry got on his shoes. I can do all things through Christ who strength, which is totally out of context for the shoes, right? But, and, like, we hear all these things, and we get so used to hearing them, and it's like, okay, we move past it now. Or, or we, we kind of get the general vibe and feel of what the Bible is all about, and so we move past it now. But what this is saying is that Scripture is so vital and important to the life of a believer that you should never move past it. You never outgrow the Bible. The Bible grows with you. Continue in what you have already learned. 
Take this with you. Keep it with you. Keep refreshing yourself in it. Preach it to yourself. When, when you move on from something that, that really spoke to you, but then you end up in that situation again, remind yourself of the truth that you found in the Bible back then. Even from infancy, when you were a little baby, in Scripture, whatever was real to you then will be real to you now. Continue in these things. Keep it with you. Don't move past Scripture. Scripture is a focal point for you. It's a practical way to hear God's voice, real application. You want to hear God's voice practically? Get in your Bible. Not everything, like, don't, you know, I'm having a really rough day. I'm feeling depressed. I'm going to go read, sec, you know, Second Chronicles or I'm going to go read Judges, Numbers. <laughs> like, you know, you know, Gospels. <laughs> I really feel like I'm afraid of what's going on in the politics. Don't go to Revelation. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, Megan, Megan, don't, don't pick and choose what you want. But also, if you want a timely word, you know, like, it's easy to find what Jesus says about situations. If you want to know how Jesus feels about immigrants, look at Scripture. Jesus was an immigrant. You want to know what Jesus feels about loving all people, even people that don't agree with you. Look at how Jesus loved and who Jesus loved, even people that don't agree with him. Like, we can hear God's voice in a practical way when you observe his nature in Scripture, number one. Somebody say amen. Number two, this is my favorite, prayer and meditation. I put them together because prayer and meditation can be seen as a literal conversation with God. Check this out. When you pray, you use your mouth to speak directly to God. When you meditate, you give God the space to talk back. You ever been in a conversation with somebody <coughs> who don't ever let you talk? Hey, man, so uh, you go see uh, that new Gemini man movie or whatever? Yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, totally. So you ever see, like, what did you think about the new Lion King? Well, so I really like Donald Glover. Yeah, you totally, yeah, so, and I didn't really, like, and you're just like, I get the, I did the, I get Like, it's annoying. Like, bro, you could, you could go look in the mirror and, and have a conversation if you want. I'm a human being. Let me respond. Here's the thing. Jesus is living and breathing and moving and active, and God is present and is with you. Give him a chance to respond. Tell him. Pray. Tell, pray. All prayer is is you talking to God. When you meditate, you give God a chance to respond to you through revelation of what you already read in Scripture, number one, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. You let the Holy Spirit move and stir things in you and excite your passions or, or provoke you to certain thoughts. That's what meditation is for. Let me show you that in Scripture. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13 says this. If you don't believe me, here's Scripture. This is a prophecy, right? This is what God is saying. He says, you will call to me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. So those times that you feel like you're praying and you're reaching out and you're not getting anything back, God is saying, listen, when you call out to me, I do hear you. When, when you're reaching out for me, when you're in your room, when you're crying in your car, when you just hit the lowest low you could find, you hit a new low, and you cry out to me, you may think, I don't hear you because you don't hear me. But I'm there. And when you seek me, you will find me. And I think they go hand in hand because a lot of times we do the, we think seeking and finding is all of us doing this. But if you're constantly busy just going in, then 
the downside of that is that you never leave time to have that aha moment with God where you feel him or there's that connection or you ever had that moment in prayer when like you're praying and you just felt like this this overwhelming like peace there's literally been times that I've been praying been like distraught upset and then I'm just like it's just like a like a blanket man like just something and this might sound weird to somebody but it's just like peace peace I don't have the answer I didn't hear God go, hey, I got you, bro. You know, I'm going to hold you down. <laughs> I didn't get that from God, but I got this reassurance, this confidence, this calm, this peace, this resolve. Just because it doesn't make a sound doesn't mean it's not God's voice. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything but in everything. Through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Don't. Don't just go to God when things are bad, things are good, things are... Don't only go to God in certain conditions. Don't only go to God on Sundays. Ooh. But in everything, through prayer, present your request to God. Tell God. He can handle it. Philippians 4, 8 through 9 says this. Meditation, Ready? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything or if there's any moral excellence and if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Stay there a while. Translation, meditate. When you and I, we have, I left my phone back, did I? No, can't detach, <laughs> Sabbath. When you and I have this, we lay down with this. We get our news updates from our preferred news source. We can see the trolls on Facebook. We can read the trending on Twitter. We can get into all these. I can't even tell you how many times. Like, I wake up at 4 a.m. to give Diego a bottle, and I'll just be like, and Carmen's like, what are you looking at? And I'm like, none. Like, and I try to open up my Bible app real quick. Because I'm like reading whatever's happening in the in politics or news or you know the the, the latest crime happening in Detroit or whatever. It is. And let me can can I just I'll give it to you straight. Ready? You may not have thought about it like this before, but when you take all of this and all of your work stuff and everything like that, and you sleep on it, and then you. Wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is check this and then you go into the day with that. Guess what you're doing? You're meditating on it. You're intaking negativity, politics, uh, 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 different fear tactics, uh, false news, fake news, uh, real news. It's just not happening. Right? Like you're taking in all these different things from all these different voices, all this different noise, and then you're actually effectively meditating on it because then you close your phone, lay down, close your eyes, and what's going through your head before you fall asleep is that, and you're meditating on it. But God says... This is actually, Paul says, says, meditate on these things. Whatever is true, whatever is holy, whatever is good, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy. Get all that other stuff out. out. You're meditating on the wrong things, and then we wonder why we, we, we're, we're 
away from the voice of God, that's because you're meditating on the voice of the world, of the enemy, of fear, of all these different voices. You're literally giving them space in your house, in your mental house. You're giving them a room to take up, take up residency. And when you meditate on it, you're just, you're, they're paying rent and they're staying for another month. You, you need to evict those thoughts, those things out of your mind. And when you meditate on what Paul says to meditate on, What's true, what's good, what's holy, what's praiseworthy, what's excellent, what's righteous, the good things. You begin to take God's word in and process it and it just changes you. It declutters you. It releases fear. It releases worry. It releases stress. It, it changes you. And in that, it's like you're memorizing the love letter from like love of your life. It's like a war letter that's written home. And you're just, I can't, I can't wait till they come home because I'm just, and I'm clinging to what I have. When you meditate on God's word, you're clinging to the promises he has for you instead of the things that the world tells you you're stuck with. Number three, accountability and other believers. This is good, y'all. This includes, but it's not limited, limited to church and church Gatherings, a.k.a. small groups and uh, events and trunk or treats and all that. Accountability and other believers. Let me read you my note. God often uses other people around you to encourage you or hold you accountable in the things that you should be doing. When someone spends regular time in God's presence and in prayer, they become a trustworthy voice for God to use to speak to us. They become a trustworthy voice for God to use to speak to us. Sometimes we feel like God's not talking to us because we only want to hear it in God's voice. Sometimes God talks to you through the voice of sometimes your pastor, sometimes your best friend, sometimes your spouse. Sometimes your spouse will tell you it's God's voice, but it's not. She's in here today. So I can do that. God uses... Check this out, though. Other people that spend time in the presence of God observe and are familiar with the, the character and the nature of who Jesus is, who God is, his heart for his people. Those people need to have permission to tell you some things you don't want to hear. We're, since we're doing this, this is a big thing now. Um, I'm an Enneagram 8. If you know anything about Enneagram 8s, we fight everybody. We will literally slap anybody that talks to us any kind of way, right? And so when people come to me and tell me things I don't like, right away I get combative. I'm like, who do you think you're talking to like that? Right? Like Nacho Libre. Say it again. Do my face. One more time. Right? <laughs> come again. Right? We need to give permission, though, to people who, who are rooted and centered in God to speak things into our life that may be hard to hear, but we need to hear. God uses other people to speak to. Have, there's been I can't even tell you how many times I've been praying about something, didn't tell anybody but Carmen about, and I legitimately will get a phone call. I can name you the friend right now. His name's Corey. My friend Corey down in Florida. Me and Carmen will be praying about something, whatever, and I'll get a call from Corey who I haven't talked to in like five months, and he'll be like, hey, yo, uh, I was just praying, it's kind of weird, it might be random, but I was just praying and God told me to call you and tell you that uh, you need to go ahead and like do this. How do you know that? I don't know, man, I was just praying. Is that, did that mean anything? I don't know, right? 
it's weird, it seems weird, it seems kind of kooky and out there and like, whoop, right? But, but God uses other people and will prompt other people to speak things to you because it's, it's a little bit more approachable for you to take the advice of a friend that you trust than sometimes it is for God to get on the intercom like your mom at Walmart paging you. Richard, come to customer service. Your mom is waiting for you. Dang. <laughs> God ain't going to do that all the time. So God goes, hey, uh, hey, John, check this out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give John this, this nudge to call Rich and tell Rich that everything's going to be cool and that I'm praying for him. And John don't know that I'm at home tripping because I'm like, yo, does anybody see what I'm going through? Does anybody know how this fits? And then, and then I get a call from John, and it's like, hey, man, I'm praying for you. And you don't know what that will do in my spirit, but God knows. He, don't, he might not even know, but God knows, and God will use other people around you that are connected to him to speak into your life. If you think that God's not talking to you, but you're not in community or relationship with other believers, that could be an issue right there. Man, I just, I've been praying. I feel like God's not talking to me right now. I'm praying. I feel like God don't have nothing to say to me. I'm, I'm praying. I feel like God just don't even, he don't even care. He's not, and then you walk through church and you'll have people come up to you and be, and maybe not even church. You got people calling you, texting you, hitting you up on social media, whatever. And they'll come up to you and be like, hey, yo, is everything okay? You look, you, it looks like something's up. And you'll be like, yo, yo, mind your business, man. I don't like sharing my, my I, don't, I don't share my business with like, you're like church people. You guys are, this is fake. This is, you ha- the pastor probably told you to ask me that. And we come up with all these reasons to cut all those things off, but guess what? You could just be hanging up the call on God right there. I don't ever, it'd be the same as me complaining that my family in Florida never sends me a package. Never sends me no mail. I never get a letter from y'all. When really they're sending the letter, but every time the mailman comes to my mailbox, I let my dog out on him. The mailman comes to drop a word for me, a letter for me, and every time they, hey, whoa, 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 you got her. And then I talk to my family, and I'm like, hey, yo, y'all must not really be with it because y'all ain't trying to hit me. Y'all don't ever send me nothing. Y'all don't, and they're like, what are you talking about? That, that's, that's crazy. You don't cut off the connection point and then blame the other person. Yet we do this with God. We cut off all of his touch points and connections point, connection points with us, and then we tell ourselves that he's not talking. God will use accountability and other believers to speak into your life. Give somebody permission to tell you the things that you need to hear that you might not want to. Listen to me. Literally tell somebody. We were driving home from Tennessee, a youth pastor conference, me, Mateo, and Tony. And like I said, it's hard for me to, to, to take criticism like that sometimes. And we, we had this point when we were driving and we, it's called like blind spotting. And I said, okay, we're going to go around and we're each going to take a turn and we're going to tell each other our, what we think our biggest blind spots are. And so Mateo and Tony both just laid it on me. And we went into it like, I said, listen, whatever you say, shoot it straight with me. I'm going to do my best to not get offended. And I just had to, pr- I love them both. They both love me. I trust them. They love Jesus. I, at that point, have to hear what they're saying and understand that what they're saying, they're saying to make me better. And they're saying with the heart that's tethered to Jesus, too. And so it might be accountability that I need. Give somebody permission to tell you something you need to hear that you might not want to. Number four, last one. 
Prompts, promptings. Here's my definition. When God uses ordinary things in life and nature to communicate to you or cause you to think about something. When God uses ordinary, everyday things to point you back to him, to cause you to think about something, God will literally use ordinary things that you and I walk by and go through every day to talk to us. Scripture tells us that God can be experienced and that we can develop greater understanding by observing normal, everyday things in our life and our world. Here's the scripture for that. Romans 1.20 says this. For his invisible attributes, pay attention to this wording, for his, God's, invisible, unseen, John Cena, his invisible attributes, that is his eternal power and his divine nature, have been clearly seen, what's invisible has been made clearly visible, plain, it's right in plain sight now, since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. Therefore, people are without excuse. Ooh. That's a good one. The idea is this. It's hard to have a relationship with somebody or something you can't see, right? This is why long-distance long relationships suck. It's why long-distance relationships are hard. When you can't see something, now magnify that. If you're having phone calls every day, it's hard. But now take the phone calls away and take the letters away. And now you're just dealing with the thought of that person. It doesn't work. It's hard. That'll break down over time. It doesn't stand up. It doesn't stand against anything that could test it, right? And God knows this. And so God literally builds in, look at me, God builds into every single one of us the innate understanding that he's there. Even people that claim they don't exist have to come up with an explanation for what does exist. You follow me? So, so these lights turn on because you hit that switch, but we know it's not that switch communicating simply to that light. There's wiring that runs through there and then electricity that comes from somewhere that runs through it. And so God is saying this, you see the light, so you know there's something behind that wall. God is saying, you see what exists in this world, so you know there's something beyond it. So in this life, you may think that you're alone. You may think that you're not hearing from me, but if you just look at these trees, you look at the Grand Canyon, you look at, hallelujah, the Rocky Mountains, right? You look at the Rocky, my mom, <laughs> thanks mom. You look at the Rocky Mountains, you look at Mount Everest, you look at, goats and sheep and horses and apes and look at creation look at the ocean look at a great lake y'all y'all michiganders hate on them i'll tell you what you come from somewhere other than michigan you see lake michigan you're like there's no sharks in there look at god is saying look at creation and then tell me that you don't think there's something beyond this look at creation and tell me you don't hear my voice and see my nature running through everything, pumping through everything. You ever been to the airport, you go through a TSA check-in, and they're, they're all like scanning the bags, and you got everybody that's like, hey, how you doing, it's your passport, okay, you're good, get out of here. And you have everybody that like hates being there, and they're just like, 
But then, if you're like me anyway, you're looking behind those people and you got the guys that are back there that are... And then you look over at the other guy who's hearing what he's saying and he's like... And you're like, I'm over here nudging Carmen. I'm like, yo, 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 they found a bomb. <laughs> There's something going on over Here's the idea, ready? You can focus on what's directly in front of you if you want, and you can convince yourself that it's all what it is right here, but if you just read between the lines a little bit, you might see that there's more to what's actually happening, and God says, that's my voice too. When you can look at what's really going on around you, and then you can read between the lines and find more to it, I'm talking to you in there. I'm talking to you between the lines. See, God's voice doesn't always have to be audible for you to hear it. But again, Revelations, Jesus is always standing at your door and my door, knocking, wanting to talk to you and to me. The question is, are you restricting God's voice? Are you limiting it, defining it so narrowly that every other time God is communicating to you, dropping a letter in your mailbox, sending, sending a billboard by you on a truck, doing something to talk to you, you're just blind to it because God has to move and talk and be and exist exactly how we say or he's not there. To hear God's voice above the noise, you have to create room for him to speak. Here's why this is important. Here's that's all I got for you, ready? Here's why this is important. There's a few relationships that will happen in your life that are life-changing. Your relationship to your family will change you. How you are raised will shape you. After that, when you get married, that will change you again. When I got married, it's not me no more. It's not just me deciding to do whatever I want. Now I have to consult with her for what we do for our kids, right? Like, this is a relationship that's supposed to change things. How do you think it would work long-term if Carmen and I were married, but I only talked to her one day a week? problem with this. What if I said there's one day a week that you and I are going to act like we know each other, and then every other day of the week I'm going to let somebody else outside of our relationship tell me about who she is, and then on that Tuesday again, the same day every week, I'll spend 30 minutes to an hour with her, and I'll feel good about it, and then I want, we do this to God, and then we wonder why we don't hear his voice above the noise. In order for us to have a relationship that's vibrant and functioning and active and beneficial, there has to be time for us to be together and to learn each other and to communicate and to speak freely and for me not to just talk, although as you tell, you can tell, very easy for me to do that. There's times that I have to listen. There's times that we have to, I have to consult her before I make a decision. There's times that I have to read her body language. There's Come on, married couples, y'all know. Guys, y'all know. There's times you're at that party and you said something slick and all you, you say it and then you realize you said it and your eyes automatically go to your wife. And they're going like this. If you're me, you're right here, between here and here is bruised. 
because if you sit at the table and you do something like that, but that all comes because we have a, a chemistry. And if she ever needed to contact me, I know her voice. I know how she looks. When she looks at me a certain way, what it means. You know what I'm talking about. When she look like this, I know what it means. When she look like this, I know what it means. When she talks a certain way, I know what it means. When she writes a certain way, I know what it means. When she texts a certain way, I know what it means. Literally last night, like 1 a.m., I don't know what she get back from doing. She's probably hitting the club or something. And uh, I tried to call her like five times. She didn't answer the phone. Yo, you coming home? Where are you? No answer, right? I don't know how it happened. I get a text that says, help. I said, help? I tried to call her, no answer. I tried to call her, try to FaceTime her. Try to, I was out on the front porch in my underwear. It was like 30 degrees out. My nips are hard. I can see my breath. Like I'm gonna do something. What am I gonna do? So scare the kids. But I know, check me out, but I know in our relationship, we spend enough time together for me to know, even when she's not talking, how she's communicating. And with God in a relationship that is supposed to be life-changing, life-defining, life-altering for you, you are not going to have the chemistry you need to hear God's voice, to pick up on who he is. If you don't spend time with him, if you don't learn him, if you don't dwell with him, if you don't meditate, if you don't let other people pour into you. I learned a lot about Carmen by listening to her mom and brother talk. Dang, I'm in for it. <laughs> you learn a lot. Listen to people that know them. Talk about them. This is the same with God. God's voice above the noise. Why is it important to hear God's voice above the noise? Because God, I say it over and over, I say it to him blue in the face, God has a plan for you. God has a call on your life. God has something he wants you to do right now, right here where you are. And in order to do that, you need to be able to hear his voice. It is imperative that you and I create space for God to move and to speak us to block out all the noise, block out life, block out what's going on, and find time to hear God. To spend some time reading His Word again, man. Come on. Get the Bible app, yo. You can literally do a Bible app plan five minutes a day. And you don't know what that five minutes a day will do to yourself. Me and Paul are doing a, 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 a Bible plan about worry first day, it was a seven-minute lesson. I read it, read the Bible verses, and at the end of it, your boy was crying because it spoke directly to what I'm feeling right now. Seven minutes in the Bible. Spend some time in God's Word. Give somebody permission to speak into your life that loves Jesus too. Look for God happening around you. Look between the lines. My prayer for you is that you would make room for God to speak. She would hear God's voice. So that way you can step more into what God has for you. Let me pray for you. Dear Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, 
visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.